Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Trinity Church in Carryville, Tennessee, right outside of Memphis. For more information about our church, please visit our website, trinity901.com. I've got a serious situation here. Let me repeat that. I've got a serious situation here. Those words were uttered on May in May of 2022 by a young man piloting a single-engine plane from the Bahamas to Florida. And here's why he said he has a serious situation. Because the pilot passed out. And he fell onto the controls. And the plane went into a nosedive. And this young man by the name of Darren Harrison removed the pilot, took the controls, got the plane out of the nosedive, radioed air traffic control, and had never flown a plane before. He knew nothing about airplanes. Well, the air traffic controller was not a pilot himself, but he knew another air traffic controller who was a flight instructor. So they patched in Darren to Robert Morgan. And here's what Robert Morgan did. He successfully instructed him how to fly this plane to Florida and land it. And he did safely. It's one of the most unbelievable things that I have heard in a very long time. I could not imagine taking the control of a plane and landing it following the instruction of an air traffic controller. I would not know how to turn on the radio. But he did it. Unbelievable. So imagine that you're in the plane. Imagine that you've taken control and that you are starting to listen to the instructions in order to safely land the plane. At that moment, is there any part of you that would think, I don't need this, and would turn the radio off? I'm pretty sure that there is no one in this congregation who would reach over and turn the radio off, and say to himself or to herself, I got this. I could do this. I played video games before. It can't be that different. Right, we laugh because we know that we would be listening to every single word because our life depended upon. That's what Paul is saying to us today. It's what he's saying to Timothy in this letter, in this pastoral letter. He's saying that the Word of God has meaning, that the Word of God has purpose, that there is great gain by knowing and understanding and believing and trusting in the Word of God, and we need to know it in this life. It is the only way that we will safely land. And that's by understanding and believing the words of Christ. So we're going to see 
two things this morning. God's word and godliness and God's word and contentment. So godliness and contentment. Two very important things. And so let's jump into our text and let's begin by looking at verses 1 and 2 of 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we see right off the bat that Paul is talking about the issue of slavery. The ESV uses the word bondservant. The other translations use the word slavery. And this is something that we are quite familiar with in our country because slavery has left a terrible stain on our history. And I would also say that it's left a terrible stain on the history of the church. That the church in many times and in many places around the world did not respond to the issue of slavery like it should. Now the argument can be made that it was the church around the world that eventually in many corners of the globe brought slavery to an end. But I think it's safe to say that many mistakes and errors and sin have been committed regarding this issue. Now as Paul is talking about slavery in this letter to Timothy, we need to understand that Roman slavery was a bit different than, say, chattel slavery that we saw here in the United States. Ten percent of the population in the Roman world were slaves. And in most cases, they became slaves through warring conflict. As the Roman Empire spread out through the known world, they would wage war, they would fight battles, there would be conflict, and the people who would become slaves were prisoners of those war efforts. Also, there was a significant number of slaves in Roman society that were bondservants, meaning that they had sold themselves to others to pay off a debt. Sometimes this was for a period of time. Sometimes it was for life. In both cases, in American chattel slavery, in Roman slavery, it was heinous. It was sinful. And when we look at this passage, we have to ask ourselves the question, why does Paul not begin by condemning slavery? Well, let's remember... We've already seen that. If you go back to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, Paul is listing unlawful, immoral, disobedient people. Sins that have committed, sins that have been committed that are evil in the sight of God. And one of those that he mentions is slavery. Remember this about the Apostle Paul. He was an advanced scholar in the Old Testament. He was a rabbi's rabbi. He knew the Old Testament well. And so as Paul is writing 1 Timothy, he understands fully that slavery is sinful. He understands the problems and the issues with slavery. He even mentions in Galatians chapter 3, verse 38, that we are all one in Christ. That the free and the slave becomes one in Jesus. They become brothers 
and sisters. Paul would have known the Old Testament. He understood the Old Testament law that said if you sold yourself into slavery in Israel in order to pay a debt, that at the seventh year, the year of Jubilee, you were set free. That there was regulations within Old Testament law that said this is not right. The debt has been paid. You are free. Paul would have known the Old Testament where it says in Deuteronomy 24-7 that if you kidnapped someone for the purpose of slavery, that it was punishable by death. Paul understood where it said in the Old Testament that if a refugee found his way into the Israelite nation, that this slave was not to be returned to his owner. So Paul knows this about slavery. So what is he doing here? Paul is being a pastor. He's not addressing the institution of slavery. He's addressing the slave who finds himself in this difficult and challenging situation. And he's saying to this person, whether your master is a believer or an unbeliever, remember who you are in Christ. To be a witness for Jesus. That in the adversity and the difficulties and in the problems that are associated with being a slave, remember that in Christ, in the coming kingdom, whatever you face in this life will be rectified tenfold. Jesus has you. He is aware of your problem. He is aware of the struggle. He is aware of what you are facing. He will rectify this. That's why Jesus talks about over and over and over again the coming of the kingdom of God in all its fullness, beauty, and perfection. So remember who you are in Christ as awful as it is. So what does this mean for us? Well, we all work. Most of us work outside the home. And in many regards, you often find yourself in a difficult situation. A hard place. Because we live in a fallen world. And things don't always go like they should. And that is with believing managers, that is with believing presidents, with believing corporate officers and unbelievers. And you find yourself in a tight spot and the words of Paul are applicable to you. Remember who you are in Christ. Remember that He is there for you. Remember that He has placed His love upon you. Remember that He has forgiven you. Remember that you are to work to His glory and that you represent Him in the watching world. It's something to cling to in those most difficult of situations in those most challenging scenarios that we run to the cross. And there in Jesus, 
we find peace in the darkest hour. Verses 3 through 5. Paul is warning Timothy about the evils of false teachers and their false doctrine. He talks about all the things that are associated with those who, pre- who preach an alternate version of the gospel. Remember last week, we discussed that Timothy was having some medical issues because as a young pastor, he's dealing with this church and the church is in upheaval because it's filled with false teachers and they are causing many problems and many issues. And so Paul mentioned something in particular. We do not know exactly what this looked like. We don't know exactly what is happening. But these false teachers, it appears are proclaiming this false gospel for financial gain. That they hope to benefit from this message that they are sending forth to this church plant that Paul has established in Ephesus. But notice what Paul says in verse 3. The sound words of Christ, the New Living Translation says the trustworthy words, of Christ, promote godliness. Look at what false teaching does. Look at the sinful actions that accompany it. And then Paul is saying, Timothy, focus on the sound words of Christ. Look to the sound words of Jesus. Know the sound words of Jesus. Memorize the sound words of Jesus. Live by the sound words of Jesus. Why? There's many reasons. We know that the sound words of Christ are life-giving. Here we find life. That when we come to the Word of God, when we come to the words of Jesus as sinful, fallen, diseased, hurting people. When we come to the Word of God with shame, when we come to the Word of God with a great burden for our sins, when we come to the Word of God feeling like failures, when we come to the Word of God believing that He cannot love us because of our sin, we open the pages and we find a God who loves us and who is merciful merciful to us, who gives us His Son, who gives us life. And so we embrace all of Scripture because it's a message of reconciliation. It's the Father in His love moving towards His children, making everything right and good. We come to the Word of God because it is wisdom. Time and time again in the Psalms, David mentions that the Word of God is wisdom for life. That it helps us navigate the difficult trails that we have to navigate as God's people. It's the air traffic controller speaking to us, enabling us and helping us to land safely. The sound words of Christ are gracious to our ears. We need to be reminded of God's grace over and over again. 
I've told you this many times that because of our fallen nature, because of the sin that's in our heart, our proclivity, our default mode is that we want to be our own God. We want to try to save ourselves. We are a very self-interested people. And that's dangerous and it's damning. And God comes to us in grace and He rescues us. He saves us from ourselves through the work of His Son. And so we need the sound words of Christ because it reminds us of His graciousness. It reminds us of His forgiving Spirit that on the cross, after all that He's experienced, the humiliation, the pain, the suffering, the abandonment, the laughter, knowing that the Father is about to have to turn away, knowing that our sins are about to be placed on Him, that He's going to receive our eternal punishment, all of us, at one moment. He's going to experience hell for eternity in one moment. Knowing that that is about to happen, what does He say? Father, forgive them. I need the words of Christ. I need Scripture because I need to be reminded of His forgiving Spirit towards me so that I can be forgiving towards others. I need the sound words of Christ because I needed to be reminded of His covenant obedience. That He was faithful to the Father. That He obeyed His will perfectly. And that when I understand all that He's done for me, those sound words, those trustworthy words tell me that I should be obedient. That it's a way to honor and glorify Him for all that He has done for me. Not because it does anything to save me. Because it doesn't. But it's a way in which I say thank you. And the sound words of Christ also tell me that covenant obedience is God's plan for what is best for me. That through obedience, God knows what is best. Like a father instructing a child. His sound words, His trustworthy words bring me to worship. That when I go to the pages of Scripture, my heart overflows with worship because my God has loved me despite me. And so Paul is telling Timothy, these words lead to God. Verses 6-10, through 10, these sound words of Christ also produce contentment. Now, let's focus in on the text for just a second. Look at verse 9. It's very important for us to hear this. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Paul is pulling no punches here. It is through this craving, excuse me, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. 
Paul is saying that the sound words of Christ produce not only godliness in us, but it also leads to contentment that when we know Christ and we know who He is and we understand what He has done for us, we will find contentment. We will be satisfied in the food and the clothes and the basic things that we have in life and we will not be pursuing foolish gain because Jesus fills us up. He's all that we need. And when we don't when we don't turn to him fully when in our hearts he is not all that we need then we go off on these scary and dangerous journeys that can lead to ruin and destruction and hear the warning of the word Paul it can lead us away from the faith Trinity there is a reason why Jesus mentions money more than almost anything in the Gospels. Because He understands how we can become slaves to covetousness. And I think this is one of the great dangers of suburban culture. Trinity is a church plant that that exists in a suburban culture. We are situated in Germantown and Carterville. And people move to the suburbs in pursuit of safety. They move to the suburbs, the microphone again. I have to get a new one. To live the right life. To live the good life. And what you can often see are people who go down a dangerous journey for the wrong reasons. People whose love of money brings them to evil places. And so we have to be on guard. We have to guard our hearts with the sound words of Christ. We have to be content with the cross and all that He brings us and all that He gives us the glories that pour forth from heaven that belong to the people of God. Yes, the Lord does bless people. He does. We have to look no further than King David in the Psalms. He was a blessed ruler. He was extremely wealthy. God does that. But in the culture in which we live, the culture in which we exist, we have to be alert And we have to be aware that we are finding our full contentment in an empty tomb and a resurrected son. And that we do not allow money to become the root of all kinds of evils that lead us astray. Hear another word of encouragement from the Apostle Paul. This time he's writing to the church in Philippi. This is Philippians 4.19. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Be reminded that all you need, all you need, has been given to you in Jesus Christ. And may that produce in you godliness 
and true and lasting contentment. Take that to heart. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank You for Your Word, the sound, good, trustworthy words of our Savior. May we take it to heart. May Your Holy Spirit apply it to our souls. May we live for You. May we be godly in such a way that You receive all the glory. And may we rest in Your Son, Jesus. May we be content with the riches that You have poured out to us from heaven. It's in His name we pray. Amen.